0: It's a Woodside Church podcast. We're quickly gonna look at some important bits, right? Before that, I always ask when I come out, How are you all? Fine, thank you. That's very nice, and uh, I'm doing well as well. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> I was putting my son to bed, um, and then, as usual, you know we're talking, I, I've shared the story with a few of them already, but. Um, interestingly, you know, we talk about the Bible, we talk about loads of things about school, what goes on, and all that. But suddenly, one of the times he just asked, because he's gotten good friends and they discuss this as a law, especially in our e lesson as well. So he asked, Papa, can you tell me, point out a real good evidence that, uh, you know, the Bible is true? You know, we have historical evidences, we have so many other, but. I'm not very convinced with all the historical evidence. Can you point out a real, you know, evidence to say, see, because of that, we can say that Jesus is God and Jesus is alive? And uh, he put me in the tough place. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, I'm trying, oh, yeah, okay, fine, okay. Is it the empty tomb? Is it the cross? That, you know, and is it, what, what can I point out? And as I was doing that, I'm praying within. I'm praying within Lord. My son is asking a question. Let me answer that. And suddenly, thank God, through the Holy Spirit, I just turned to him and said, Elisha, God is real. Jesus is alive. I am the evidence. I just said, I am the evidence. Look at me. Look at me. Look at your mom. We are the evidence that Jesus is alive. I don't know what he thought. (laughs) I don't know. But, you know, as a wretched man as I am, as the imperfect man as I am, but still believing in the Word of God, seeing the way God sees me, I just told my son, I am the evidence. Because this is what Peter also preached when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He never said, It's the empty tomb. Jesus, whom you killed, he rose again. Jesus is alive. The empty tomb is the evidence. No, no. we are the witnesses, he said. We are the witnesses. We're gonna see something in relation to this today. All right, an amazing, amazing series, very much needed series for all of us. Every opportunity that we get to study the book of Romans is just amazing. Book of Romans, all the books of the Bible are so important and so good, really, especially the Book of Romans. right? There are several reasons to say this. St. Augustine, if you know him, a great theologian who really reformed so many things and explained so many things from the Word of God um, to us, um, he was transformed reading Romans 8, the Book of Romans. Calvin was really influenced And he was transformed. His life changed studying the book of Romans. Martin Luther studying the book of Romans, his life changed. And it's so important as a church, we all, not just because of that. And so many other reasons are there as well. Personally, my life changed reading Romans. Romans 8 is one of the favorite chapters in the Bible. And I love every single verse in there it really enlightened my thinking about myself and the understanding about God and myself and what he has done. And that really helped me to, you know, live a life to which I am called to, right? So this is a very good book, and especially Romans 8. We can spend a lot of time (coughs) studying this, learning from this, but because we wanted to really delve into what Um, 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 Paul is writing to us in Romans. We are going to do a series from today, which starts today, on just Romans 8 for seven weeks. Hallelujah! We're really looking forward to it. I'm really eagerly looking forward to it. Seven weeks, we're just going to unpack verse by verse, you know, um, and and take small chunks of uh, the passage of Romans 8 and delve into it. Still, I don't think it is enough for us but with whatever we can we can definitely do. If I want to sum up Romans what is Romans about and what is Paul writing to about uh, to the church in Romans about is I can just point out one verse in the book of Romans and we can sum it up there. It's Romans chapter 1 verse 16. <clears throat> this is what Paul writes after his greetings. And what he's going to write about, he's just giving a summary of it. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jews first, and also to the Greek, and then to the Gentiles, and so on. Note this carefully. He doesn't say, by hearing the gospel, you will receive power. Okay, He's saying, gospel is the power of god there is a difference right many a times the gospel is presented and preached and it's great doing like a leaflet an advert leaflet if we have the next picture on there it's like, it's an it's an advert picture this is what you get this is what it is this happens this way we have this 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 benefits out of it this is how the gospel is being preached, and then it's like an advert, you receive it, then you think, okay, what is good in it, you analyze, and things like that, isn't it? Okay, which is good, I'm not saying that's but what Paul here is saying is that gospel is not an advert, gospel is a will from God. If you have the next picture there, it says the last will and testament of, and I don't think you will be able to read it. It says, be it known that I say if it was signed by God. Do you understand? There's a difference between an advert and a will. Will is a a copy, probably one, two, three pages, we don't know. But what it says is that this belongs to you. You are the inheritance of this because I have signed it. This is not something that you have to earn. This is not something that you need to look and make a choice about, "Mm, maybe I, I would take this, I would know. The will says all in this already belongs to you because I've already signed it. Do you understand? That is what he means by gospel is the power of God. When we hear the gospel, this is all we being adopted as his children by his grace. Now all of this is not something that we're gonna earn, but something that has already been given to us and it is ours, hallelujah. And that is what Paul is writing about. And that's what we're saying. In line of this, teaching us what is this power of the gospel, he's writing all the you know, chapters and Romans eight in particular. That's what we're going to see, okay. And the topic for today is in Christ alone because we're going to be seeing the first four verses of Romans eight. In Christ alone, no condemnation. I mean, we see we named this ty- um, uh, the series in Christ alone, okay. And then we will see several different things on uh, uh, during the seven weeks that we learn what we get or what is already ours because we are being in Christ alone, the power of the gospel. Let's read Romans eight, verses one to four. It'll come up, yeah, screen. What I'm going to do is we study the word of God together, right, so I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes. Read through it, patiently, read it slowly, see what you understand as you're reading. I'm going to read it out aloud. Follow it with me. Romans 8, verses 1 to 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit of God. Wow. No condemnation. The word condemnation, the Greek word for it is, is I don't know if I'm pronouncing it the right way, it's katakarima. Katakarima, which is come in three places in Romans. In Romans chapter five, we see it twice, and then in Romans chapter eight, we see it again. This word. This word basically means penalty. Right? you have to pay the penalty you are under penalty so you have to pay the penalty but here it is used as no condemnation basically now there is therefore now no penalty for who, those who are in Christ Jesus and the worst goes on what is important for us is when we read the bible when we read the words we have got to be very careful and read Every word slowly and understand. It. Everywhere it says, therefore, for, so, then we need to know and we understand that there's something happening before the hand. Do you understand? Therefore, because, okay, all this has happened, therefore, now this is the situation. Do you understand? So it's so important wherever you get this word, therefore, for us to read, go back, and read a few chapters back, or a few verses back, trying to get the full picture of it. Okay, most of the times what happens is people talk a lot about this particular verse and they start off with Romans and say, actually, no, you need to go back further, right? Okay, it is several times in Romans we see this word being used. Paul is using, therefore, 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 and then it. and the other phrase that he uses quite a lot, what then shall we say? What then shall we say? What then shall we say? Quite a lot. If you read that, it will be very interesting if you see um, uh, what to say. Uh, it's important that we go and read behind. What I'm going to do, I'm going to read a few verses from, because this is a continuation from the chapter, end of chapter 7, and then goes on to chapter 8. We're going to read a few verses up, if you can put that slide. And I've already highlighted a few words there, so that we can link it up easily. So one side, it it starts from verse 22 and goes on, and then moves into, because it was a letter, it moves into Romans 8, 12. Again, as you're reading through it, as you're following it, I'm going to read it um, aloud, and please do follow with me. Romans 7, 25. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Paul introduces a new thing here. He's saying, I am here, but I also have an inner being. Right? And he says, I delight in the law of God. But I see in my members another law. Members is the word that's used for flesh, the parts of the body. It says, right? Okay? It says, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. Here it says another law. And then it talks, that's why it's marked in different color. And the law of mind, which is basically the law of God, the law of the spirit, otherwise known as, which my mind or my inner being is in love with, desires, and wants to follow. Right? But there is another law, is what which is waging war against this law of my mind. And making me captive to the law of sin. This another law is called law of sin. That dwells in my members, in the parts of my body, right? In flesh. The word flesh is used a lot. Okay? So there is Two laws we see that is working, okay? One is the law of sin that is already working in my flesh, in the members of my body, in the parts of my body, in my brain, in the parts of my body, and what is its purpose? It's two things it's doing. It wants to fulfill or bring the fruit of sin Because it is the law of sin that is at working. Second thing it's doing is it's waging war against my inner being constantly. Okay, This is the two constant work that it's doing. And verse 24, it says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul is writing about himself. He's talking his own experience. I am a wretched man. There is two law that is waging war inside of me. My inner being or my mind wants to obey the law of God because it loves and delights in the law of God. But this law is waging war and trying to work against this, trying to bring the fruit of sin. This verse is very important. Verse 25 says, But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, So, then I myself, that is my inner being, serve the law of God with my mind, right? But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. He's talking about reality. Let's be real, guys. Let's be real. How many of us are perfect here? How many of us say, you know what, I don't have any unholy thoughts at all. My actions are always good. We all are struggling. Okay? We all are. What is God trying to say? And Paul, is, uh, you know, and Paul is highlighting this, is that God really understands what you are going through. Okay? God really understands. This is your situation. He knows what your situation is. There is a war going on. If you read a few verses back in Romans 7, clearly Paul explains that when I sin, when the fruit of sin is evident in my life, it is not me, but it is the sin within me. The law of sin that is at work on the members of my body. Right? First of all, God is already saying that I understand you, In a way, I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying you are the reason. I know what the reason is. I know what the problem is. It is the sin that is within you. How many of us struggle with guilt in our lives? How many of us struggle with past in our life? How many of us cry and spend our night in pain and agony because of such things. Oh, I'm struggling. Wretched man I am. Paul says, Wretched man I am. He's saying, God understands what you're going through. This is the power of gospel. God is coming to say and tell you, I know you. I don't blame you. Friends, Brothers and sisters, he says, I know you, I don't blame you. I know where it is from. So if you're struggling with it, I plead with you today through the Holy Spirit be released from this pressure, be released from this agony, be released from this guilt, putting yourself in pressure. God understands what you are going through. Right? And because of all this, he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And then, there he goes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God is not condemning you. God is not condemning you. Just turn to the person sitting next to you and say, God is not condemning you. Now, say, if God is not condemning you, why are you condemning yourself? Do you understand? Do you understand? See, the power of the law of sin in our members is that, what it does is it magnifies this feeling. Right, It magnifies this feeling, so that the truth about how God sees you, how God loves you, is so minimized. And then we prevail in this, oh, oh, I'm good when we come together, when we pray together, when we gather together. I'm not the same, you see, when I'm alone. I'm not the same when I'm in my home. I struggle. Let me tell you, God sees you. He is not condemning you. And that is the power of the gospel. There is a reason why he's not condemning you. You might think, what, how can he not? We're gonna see that in a minute. Because if I should say, and that's what we've been celebrating, The condemnation, the penalty that is over you, was paid by someone else. Right? Jesus was condemned on my behalf. And so, and that's the only reason why I am not under condemnation today. Okay, now how does this life look like? So therefore, we're going to dwell a bit more. We're going to go further to Romans chapter 5 and 20 and see these are the three things that is happening within me. What is it? Romans five eighteen says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, it's talking about Adam, and because he sinned, so everybody became sinners. Because of one man's sin, everybody became condemned. So, one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. You might wonder, how can you know, Jesus being condemned redeem me, make me not condemned? It's the same way how one man's sin made everybody sinners, and God understands that and knows that. The same way one man's righteous act, which is Jesus, On our our behalf, for all those who believe in him, we are redeemed and no more condemned. Do you understand? Okay? Praise be to Jesus. Praise be to God. And that's what we've been celebrating. Romans 7.20 says, now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. I put in bracket, controlled. Controlled. Right? This is my status. I am being controlled. Because the law of sin, which is in my flesh, is working, waging war constantly, and, and is not allowing me to do what I want to do, but it's pushing what it wants to do. So it is controlled. First, my situation, my status is that I'm condemned. Next, I'm being controlled Right? Romans 7, 23. But I see in my members another law waging war, which we've been reading war, against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. This is my condition, pathetic. And that is why Paul calls himself, oh, wretched man that I am. I am condemned, I am being controlled, and I'm captive. Right? Imagine I'm in chains. Okay? That means I'm a captive. Right? Imagine there's a death sentence over me. I'm going to be hanged or I'm going to be, you know, a death sentence. I am condemned. I have a penalty. I have no choice. I cannot come out of it. Imagine this chain is attached to someone else who drags me wherever they want to and I have no choice of pulling, and I don't have any strength to keep myself, pull myself, or go wherever I want to because I'm bound to them, I'm being controlled. Do you understand? This is my status. I'm captive, death sentence over me, and I am being pulled everywhere. So this is my status. So if you go to the next picture, from what the verses say. So there's two things. We know we made of the mind, body, soul, and all that. We're not going into that. We're just gonna look at what the verses are saying here, what Paul is writing. It says there's the inner man, which desires and delights in the law of God, wants to follow God. And there's this outer man, the flesh, which is waging war constantly. And you see, that's why I intentionally put a bigger size, because stronger. And that is waging war constantly, and condemning me, controlling me, and he's keeping me captive. Okay? Now, why does Romans then, or Paul, says, now therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's read again the verses. Now we will highlight different bits now. Again, I'm going to read. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life. Now, this law, the law of God. What is this law of God which I delight in? It is the law of spirit of life has set you free. Hallelujah. Has set you free. Now, this captivity that I am in, which I am unable to come out of, the law of the spirit of life has set me free. Right? I'm set me. Uh, set me free in Christ Jesus for the law uh, from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by flesh, could not do, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin. He condemned, see, there was initially we read there's no condemnation. Now we are talking about condemnation again. It says because he, God, condemned sin in the flesh of Jesus Christ in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who, was not, who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit of God. Now, our position, most of the times what happens is, you know, if you see the the initial title we put, we put in Christ alone big and no condemnation at the back. We all don't like condemnation, do we? Yeah, we don't like that, right? So we as soon as we say condemnation, our attention Our concentration, everything goes on towards condemnation. Oh, condemnation. And then there's no condemnation. Wow, there's no condemnation. We focus so much on that. The emphasis is over condemnation and no condemnation. Actually, the emphasis should be in Christ. Do you understand the difference? Right? It is only for those who are in Christ Jesus that there is no condemnation. Why? If we move to the next picture, you see, now I am there, my sinful flesh is there, waging war against my inner being, controlling me, condemning me, and uh, uh, keeping me captive. Now, this is how God sees me when he sees me when I am in Christ Jesus. When I believe, you see, I put a picture of Jesus crucified on the cross, and the penalty being paid, the condemnation of God being over Jesus, his own son. He knows that we cannot do anything about it, right? He knows that only he can save us. This was not a sudden plan that he thought of, okay, what can I do? Maybe let me do this. No, from the beginning, from the start, this was the plan Of God, right? So that He can redeem. Just as how everyone fell because of one man, but because of one man's death and His resurrection now, we will be, we read in um, uh, Romans 5 and 6, we read that we are united with the penalty of Jesus, so we die with Him, and just as we are united with His death, when He He's resurrected back to life victorious. We are united with his victory, with his resurrected life as well. Do you understand? So that is why being in Christ makes all the difference. Now what has happened? The flesh that is waging war against me, you need to see that carefully. I'm not being taken away. or The flesh has not been removed completely off now. Do you understand? We are still in the flesh. And that will be removed one day, and we are waiting for that day when Lord Jesus comes, Christ comes back. And that day we will be glorified, and we will have a new form. Is what the Bible teaches us. We know, we, we're not going to uh, go too much into that now. Just look at that. We are there. But as much as the outer man, the flesh was controlling the inner being now, we have someone bigger, Behind that is Jesus Christ, protecting me, keeping me in Him. And then you also see in the middle. We see I put that picture to uh, represent the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life. Do you understand? So what happens? The law of Spirit of life comes into my heart. Now I am in Christ and God is in me. Do you understand the difference? You know, we, so many times when we read, we see being in Christ and God being in us. We are in Christ when God the Father looks at us, and this is how he sees us. We are in Christ. He's probably, I'm just, again, making this up, okay? Don't hold me on this. Probably he's seeing blood all over me. The blood of Jesus Christ all over me. To show that the punishment has been paid. The penalty has been paid. The condemnation has been taken on. That is the law of God. Right? Sins, penalty has been paid. So this is how He sees me. And then what happens? Not just in Him, He is also giving us the Spirit, which we will be seeing next week, giving us the life of uh, the spirit of life within us now rather than me being controlled by the outer man the flesh now this strength that i receive from inside in my inner being through the holy spirit he now helps me desire for the right things and help me overcome the waging war that is happening in me do you understand that is the difference. That is why we are still going through this process. This will all go when that orange man, the outer man, is completely removed. And that is we are hoping and waiting for the Lord to come and do this in our life. But till then, we don't have to worry because God the Father, when he sees us, he sees. And that is why, not because of our, because of our actions, not because of our perfection, he looks at me, he looks at you, and sees the penalty paid in Jesus Christ. So when he sees us in Jesus Christ, this is what we see, right? This, there is an example of how Jesus also demonstrated this while he was on this earth. We all know the story, or we might know the story of a, a, a woman caught in adultery. She was caught red-handed, She was brought to Jesus. He was in the temple. Everything makes sense. He was in the temple. And they brought him, everyone with a stone, because now everyone was pointing towards her and was saying, this woman was caught. Right? She is condemned. She deserves punishment. She should be stoned to death according to the law of Moses. Let's read that. John chapter 8, verses 4 to 5. They said to him, this is people around him, yeah? Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commands, commanded us to stone such woman. So what do you say? Right? Everybody, every stone ready to be chucked at that woman. I don't know how many of you are going through such a situation. People talking it may not be stones, but it may be words that come out of the stone. This is who you are. You deserve punishment. You are not worthy of anything. My son sometimes, he, when he does something wrong, he comes and says, he knows if there's you know, a, a party or a game or something that's going up. The first thing, oh, powerhouse, you know, the youth, he'll just come to me and says, I don't deserve to go, right? I say, why? Why do you say that? Well, I didn't behave well. I don't deserve to go right. I know the answer already. Why? Because the law of sin is waging war against him and making him believe that. I just give him a hug and says, that has got nothing to do with this. I'm going to drop you today. Really? <laughs> do you understand? Then, this is the reply of Jesus, verses 10 to 11. Jesus stood up and said to her. This is after, you know, before that he says um, to them, it's like, whoever has not sinned, please chuck the first stone at her. He never says, like, you're not allowed to do that. How dare you say this? He didn't say that. Okay, you can go ahead. Obliged to the law, but whoever has not sinned, chuck the first stone. Everybody dropped the stone and nobody's there. J- Jesus now stood up to her and said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No, Lord. No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on from sin and a sin no more. You're saying you are free, right? Okay, from now on. If no one condemns you, it's not because no one condemns you. He has the right. He has not sinned. He can fulfill the law by stoning her to death. He has the right to and he should be doing that. But he didn't do that. He said, even I don't condemn you. Go from now on. Sin no more. You know why? Because soon he knows he is going to be paying the punishment for her in her place. Right? Daughter, I know you deserve this, but I am here to take the stones on me. You go and now sin no more. Now a new law. Jesus is giving her a new law. This is happening before Jesus went to the cross. Do you understand? Okay, he's giving her, putting a new law in her heart. And trying to say now, desire after me, sin no more. I don't know what reason you went into that but sin no more. I don't condemn you. This is exactly what Jesus is doing to us. In Christ alone, in Christ alone, we have no condemnation because Jesus was condemned in our place. Grace is not cheap, guys. It's not like suddenly one day, you know, God wakes up on the right side of the bed and then thinks, okay, let me, Let me be nice to them today. Okay, no. He said, you have no condemnation because I'm going to condemn my son Jesus in your place and that's why I'm going to send in the likeness of the flesh. You understand? Because of that now we are free. The law is fulfilled in us because of what Jesus has done. Now because of this, we have fellowship with a Holy Spirit, if you can go to the picture again, please, in Christ. We are free, captivity, we are free. Now the law has been fulfilled, we were condemned, but the condemnation has been taken by Jesus, and the law has been fulfilled. So no more death penalty over us. Then now we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Not controlling, but we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that's why in Romans 8, verse 4, it says that we walk not according to the flesh anymore, but we walk according to the Spirit of God. Right. Let's close our eyes wherever we are. We allow the Word of God to minister to us. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us now. Even as I was praying and preparing for this preach, I felt this, there are people cursing yourself. There are people cursing yourself from within. These are people I'm talking about who know the Lord. You're cursing yourself, why, why? Living in your past. living in guilt. Jesus said to the woman, my dear woman, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I know why this has happened. It's not you. It's the law of sin. But don't worry. I am going to pay the price for it. This is the will of God that he's given. This is not an ad word, guys. This is the power of the gospel. This is his will for you and me. Can you hear Jesus saying to you, I do not condemn you. Can you hear Jesus saying to you, You are free. Can you hear Jesus say to you, I have fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law in myself. I put myself. I covered you. I took the punishment. I took the penalty. Do you hear Jesus say to you, Now come and have fellowship with me come, sin no more, come. I don't blame you, I don't blame you. If at all you haven't taken anything today but you want to go home, I just humbly echo the voice of God to you, the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I don't blame you. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, we come to you in your wonderful, wonderful son's name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What else have I got to say? What else can I say, Lord, apart from just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we know we don't deserve this. I can always hear someone blaming me, Lord. I can always hear someone condemning me. I can always hear and feel that somebody's controlling me and overpowering me and not letting me to do what I want to do. I want to follow you. I long for you. But I'm unable to. I'm struggling. Father, the first thing you are looking at me and telling no I'm not condemning you thank you Father in Jesus Christ thank you that the condemnation has been taken away from me Lord we want to say we delight in the law of the spirit which gives life we delight in you Lord Father we pray That you will continue to teach us as we meditate upon your word even more. That you will enlighten and strengthen and reveal to us who we are from this will that you have written. That we can take hold of that and live a life of freedom. Live a life full of fellowship with you, Lord. Live a life which is fulfilled, where, where, where the law is completely fulfilled. Through Jesus Christ in me. Thank you, Father. We submit the church into your hands, Lord. Bless everyone. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.